Welcome to this Acadia Divinity College Chapel podcast. I am Stuart Blythe, a member of the faculty ADC and the Dean of Chapel. Here, you'll get a chance to hear perceptive and powerful sermons which were delivered by staff, faculty, students, alumni and guests as part of our weekly Wednesday Chapel services. Good to be here with you today. And when I was invited uh, to preach, earlier I thought, well, that would be something that I would do. I was looking forward to that, and maybe you might ask me yet again. Oh, yeah. But uh, having, uh, having brought a message at our own church in Kentville, and I think it was probably late August or early September. Early September. I got visiting with a member of our church, uh, Constable Tim McCready, and uh, we had, well, we had... We started to have a short conversation, and then we had several long conversations. And this is just somebody that you all need to meet if you haven't met him. And I know John McNally's here. John would have been a former pastor to Tim. And um, I know there's some good friends of yours online, so they're probably wondering what you're going to say today, too. <laughs> but Garth, I, Garth says hi. Garth says hi. All right. Well, just as we begin, um, I'd like us to just take a moment of prayer and invite the Lord to help us. Father, we thank you today for your love, which is so um, wonderfully and fully expressed to us in Jesus Christ. Thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the body of Christ and for the different gifts that you give to people. Some who serve in the leadership of the church and others who serve in other capacities We pray today that you would come in the midst of our thoughts and our words. I pray for Tim and for myself that you'd guide us, that this would be a time of encouragement and blessing. So we open our hearts to hear from you today, and we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. As we thought about kind of a title for this conversation... Uh, It was Tim who thought about this phrase, a servant of Christ, servant to others. But before we get into that, I'd like you to tell us just a little bit about yourself. Uh, Maybe some, um, well, you just go ahead. Okay. Um, I'd like to thank Harry for inviting me here, as well as uh, thank the the college for having me here as well. Um, I'm a little nervous. Uh, I'd be less nervous if I was in uniform and, and had an official role here, but as, uh, just as, as, as a lay person um, speaking amongst you, uh, it, it's, it's not, uh, it's, it's not uh, uh, sort of a little overwhelming, but I'll try to get through this. Um, I grew up um, predominantly in a, in a Baptist church in southern New Brunswick, a little town called Bloomfield, which is... Um, if you know Southern New Brunswick, it's between Sussex and St. John. Um, spent my entire um, life living on that small uh, country farm uh, until 30 when I, when I left um, and got married and um, started a life with my wife, Pam. And now we have uh, two children, uh, Jonathan, 19, and Olivia, who's 16. Um, part of my upbringing was... Uh, very much entrenched in in the church. Um, 
from probably birth, I, I can't remember it, but uh, I'm sure uh, I wasn't very old um, when, um, when I was first introduced to the church and spent my entire life there and still continued to be there. Um, I worked from 18 years old until um, I was 39 uh, with J.D. Irving in, uh, in New Brunswick in the sawmill uh, in Sussex and then in the paper mill in St. John. And then um, at 39, I was accepted into the uh, RCMP. I did six months training in uh, Regina at our depot division. Um, and then I was uh, posted from there to my first post, which was Berwick, uh, which at that time, it doesn't now, but at that time had a, a single detachment um, with four constables and a corporal. Um, I did uh, a year and a half there, and then I transferred to Numinus, where I continued uh, my service there until um, 2013, where I uh, joined the traffic service unit, and then in, uh, I was with traffic services until um, the sp spring, I guess, of 2021. And then I went to where I'm currently posted in Kingston. Um, one of the things that um, I think I should acknowledge here um, is the fact that um, as a Christian, uh, God is still at work within me. Mm -hmm. I'm still very much um, a work in progress. I'm a sinner, um, and every day I deal with <clears throat> the sin that I see in my life, but I also have to deal with things that... Um, I didn't know that I had to deal with. I'm dealing with how do I um, acknowledge and work through my own um, um, prejudices, uh, my own racism, racism in my own life. Um, and it's not, I know that's a, that's a, a, a very harsh term, but it's, it's a term that, that I think I've, I've embraced, not liking, where I'm at in that space, but working through it, letting God work through me and, and working through that process of understanding of, of where I fit into society and, and how, how all of society unpacks itself. Um, and God's working through that with me and um, how I work through also reconciliation with indigenous peoples. Um, that's a, that's a new term for me, mm -hmm. and it's a new process, and still trying to work, having God work through that with mm -hmm. me. Thank you very much. That's a, that's a lot to take in uh, all at once. I wanted to ask you, um, in terms of some of those earlier uh, days in your life, um, coming to know the Lord, that was in probably through the Bloomfield Church, is that right? Bloomfield Church now would have been Central Norton then. Right. Um, just youth groups, prayer meetings, um, uh, summer camps, um, just being exposed to, to, to the word, to mm -hmm. um, who Jesus was, what Jesus meant to me, mm -hmm. uh, and then accepting um, that gift of salvation at probably 10 or 11 years old. Right. Thank you. One of the things that I was really impressed in visiting with Tim was just a strong sense that you had and still have 
to be an RCMP officer, to be involved in policing. Mm -hmm. And this impressed me because sometimes we think of the call of God as perhaps only being the call of God to Christian service within the church, but you have a strong sense of God's call in your life, of vocation to be in policing. Can you share a little bit about that? Policing's a, it, it's a very, it's a very dynamic um, field. Um, the, the field, or the, the, the part of policing that I'm involved in is general duty policing, which is responding to calls, working within the community, um, and dealing with, with, uh, with community needs uh, at the, sort of at the grassroots level. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of opportunity there for the, the compassion of Jesus to come through. And a lot of times that doesn't come through in, in many situations. But it's, it's something that I have uh, in the back of my mind and it's something that I, that I constantly consider um, and that is something that I'm, I believe I'm called to do is, is, is to, to be a police officer, but also have that compassion that Jesus instills in us. Mm -hmm. And, 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 a, and a, a compassion that, that doesn't just extend to the ones who I, may, I might be dealing with, but mm -hmm. to the whole community. That's great. I know we talked about, and I made a few notes so that I get my own thinking straight and I would stay on the, the points that you and I talked about, but we had talked about how do you deal with the good and the bad, uh, the triumphs and the tragedies, and we've talked a little bit about how do you deal with cynicism mm. that could set in, um, not saying that it does, but how do, you, how do you deal with all that? Well, for me, uh, cynicism is, is very much a reality. Okay. Um, it's something that um, I have to, I have to check because it's easy to become um, jaded and cynical when, when you deal with uh, certain people over and over again. Um, you, you think that there's just no helping them. And it's easy just to, to write them off and, and, and to, to cast them aside. But I think it's important that, that we continue to show grace, mm -hmm. compassion, and that we strive to, to do our utmost best to get them the help that they need. Mm -hmm. One of the things that, that I didn't understand coming into policing because I didn't experience it was addiction. Okay. Um, addiction is what drives a large portion of the, uh, the crime that we see within our communities, whether it be um, the addiction that, that causes people to go out and and try to uh, get money for to fuel the addiction, or it's just the, the, the side effects of, of an addictive uh, life. But it's something that um, we're constantly faced with. But it's also something that we know that, that can be overcome with the right mm -hmm. tools. And so we try to get the people into the right programs to try to help them out. Do you have people in your life who help you to deal with cynicism or to stay on track with faith in terms of when the going gets tough? Certainly, um, friends, family, um, church congregation, um, and and you have to you have to be self-aware as well, and you have to understand that 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 is there, and it's something that um, is is very present, 
but it's also something that is manageable mm -hmm. if you allow it to be. Because okay. it, it can get away on you. But okay. uh, if, you, if you try to keep it in check um, with, with good, good tools, good, mm -hmm. uh, good friends, um, it, it's, it's possible to do. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure we talked about this earlier. Uh, you, when you started today, you said about being nervous. Yes. Um, I'm nervous every time I come to the pulpit. People don't believe that. It's true. My palms are sweaty now every time because I think there's a sense in which you're handling the word, you're hoping to communicate. I get it. Uh, sometimes we're nervous because we're out of our natural habitat, like you talked about the uniform. So I wanted to just touch base with you. You, you said with me, to me when we were talking that sometimes it's, you're not comfortable in the uniform going in, say, for a coffee to a restaurant or something. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because part of the reason I want Tim to come here is not only for you to hear a word of God from him, but I want you to understand something of the people who are serving us and how we can be praying for people who are, who are serving us. So I don't know how much of that you want to get into, but can you say a word about it? Yeah. Um, it's one of those things where many years ago, um, the police in any, any, in any uniform were seen as community leaders, pillars of the community, whatever title you wanted to, wanted to put on them. And I think through our own, um, our own issues, our own mistakes that we've made through the past, through, through history, and, and continue to make, I'm not saying that, that we're, we're perfect even to this day, but the mistakes that we've made has, has tarnished the image and has made um, the police not seem like what they should be seen as. Okay. And I'm not saying that that's not um, an unjust account of who we are. Mm -hmm. um, I think we have a lot of, of work to do to repair relationships that we have with, um, with many communities. Mm -hmm. But I found that um, as I got into um, policing that when I walked into a into a store into a restaurant, um, all eyes would turn towards us, and people would guard their conversations. They would stop talking. Um, there'd be whispers, and and some of it some of it for me is my own paranoia, thinking that you know they're they're talking about me. Um, but obviously, there's there's a sense of when a, a police officer enters a, a building or a room that some focus shifts towards them. And, and some of it can be positive and some of it can be negative. And I was picking up a lot on the, on the negative. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was, it was almost like I wanted to just tear the uniform off mm -hmm. and, and hide a bit. Um, but I also learned that I need to, I need to feel that mm -hmm. because there is lots of communities within our community that would feel that on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And they can't take off right. whatever it is. Yeah. But I can't. Right. So um, that, was might, a, that was a tough lesson. That might be a bit of a segue into another conversation because recently I was speaking with a member of the clergy, uh, not a Baptist uh, persuasion, but often wearing the collar. And he said to me, um, it's got to the point where he's not comfortable going in places always with his collar on. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, 
just some of the things that have happened. So you were talking about some of the things in the reputation of the RCMP. We know as well that people view those of us who are church leaders or pastors maybe not with the same, in the same way that maybe they might have at one point. But when we spoke together, and I'm just going to check with Gail, how are we doing for time? Okay, thank you. This is good. We're right on time. Yeah. You know, you all know me enough to know I need a timekeeper. Um, We're glad Gail's here. Yes, indeed. Indeed you are. They're just giving me grief. Yes. Uh, they know me well. That's why I invited her to do this. But I think it's a good segue, maybe, to talk about... You wanted to share, I think, and, and I really want you to share a little bit of your heart around some of the similarities we talked about between, yep. you know, we're servants <clears throat> of Christ, we're servant to others. Uh, some of us carry the, the mantle of leadership, say, in a church. You're carrying a mantle of leadership in the community service, but yet servants of Christ. Mm. And what are your thoughts around some of that? I think... Uh, <clears throat> Personally, servanthood is, is, is God working through us in our community. It's, it's the outward of, of our own faith shining uh, amongst the community that we work and live in. Um, I very much see a kindred spirit in some ways between pastoral ministry and, and any kind of ministry or any kind of calling where one serves others. Um, so there's, there's that aspect, but there's also the, the aspect that, that servanthood um, is, is a giving of yourself. Um, and the giving of, of yourself in, in policing is willing to put yourself out there to, to be that, that stopgap. Um, that allows people to feel safe, um, and it allows people to to uh, have an existence that that would be um, different if if there wasn't that stopgap there. Mm -hmm. And I think that pastoral ministry as well is is where um, the truth and the actions of of Jesus um, shine out in in the, the small communities of our churches, but then broader into into the communities that we live in mm -hmm. and we work in and, and that we that we that we live in and I think we're all servants mm -hmm. and I think that um, we all have that opportunity to to shine that light but I think in pastoral ministry it's 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 more focused it's more intense and it's it's also gives you opportunity to to be that light possibly where um, that light wouldn't normally exist. So Tim was the one who chose the Philippians 2 passage that was read today. What were you thinking when you chose that passage? I, I just liked the way it talked about servanthood. Okay. And I liked the way it talked about putting self before, uh, ahead of, or putting others ahead of self. Okay. And <clears throat> oftentimes um, we can be selfish and we can... Um, um, put our needs ahead of others, um, but I think um, that there's uh, opportunity there for all of us to put um, others ahead of ourselves, and and I think that uh, that that passage of scripture best encapsulated that uh, that thought. 
So here today we've got some faculty, we've got staff, we've got students, some are preparing for regular or what we might call traditional church ministry, others maybe church planting, missionary service. We're living in kind of a crazy time in the world. What kinds of words of hope would mm. you give to those who are preparing to serve? We saw, Gail and I came across campus today, we saw, I know they're university students, but they look younger to me all the time and I can't believe I just said it. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, the world is the world. Yeah. And what kinds of words of hope would you give to those who are going out maybe in police work or going out to serve the church in some capacity? Um, it's, it's hard to condense it, but um, I, would, I would give you uh, a few words that have helped me. Mm -hmm. Stay humble. Um, don't think of yourself higher than, than you should. Um, always be ready to listen. Uh, listening ear is, comes from the heart. Mm -hmm. um, you have to be able to um, feel what other people feel. Mm -hmm. And you need to listen. Oftentimes in my job, I, all I do is I just sit and listen to people talk about the things that, is, that are impacting them in their life. Mm -hmm. And sometimes uh, I don't need to say anything. I just need to hear, if, if nothing else, it's a sounding board for them. It's, sure. it's, it's an opportunity for another human being just to, to hear them. A lot of people just need to be heard. Um, don't think that God has ever finished with you. Um, he's not finished with me. Sorry. It's fine. It's um, good. He's not done with any of us. That's the good news. There's a lot of room in every one of us to grow. Sure. You know, Tim, when I met you, um, it was right after I'd given a message on practical, is it about time? Three, three or four minutes. Okay, we'll wrap this up. Wrap it up. Kind of wrap it up. <clears throat> Thank you, honey. Um, she used to, when I was preaching, just go sort of this way. But, um, anyway, the conversation, and Tim and I had seen one another at church different times and, you know, just said hello in the hallway, whatever, but it's really just been, we've been in that church for 15 years. How long have you been at Kempville? Be almost... 13 and a half. Right, so we all have people in our churches that we don't really know that well, but I feel like I've got a new friend, and Tim and I are visiting after the message, and I love it when people will engage you after you've preached about something, and that really speaks to them, and actually what had really spoken to him was the practical outworking of the gospel, is that passage from Isaiah 57 or 8 where I preached in terms of the, the fast that God is requiring from us and was around justice issues. Yes. And you were so, so encouraging me and we were thinking then about a ministry that the churches in the area used to have, which was in from the cold in terms of churches would open their doors to people, street people and others who had no access to housing. And as soon as Tim said that to me, I realized his heart. I realized the compassion that was in him. You feel that this morning, I'm sure. And the sense of what can we do practically to demonstrate the love of Christ to a hurting world. And I, I will just bring our conversation. Do you have anything else you want to say before I wrap this up? 
No, I'm good. You sure? Yeah. All right, if you should, after yeah. I'm done, please do. But I've been learning lately. Uh, I'm a very passionate person about the gospel and about people coming to know Jesus. But something that the Lord has been impressing on me lately is that the great commission which he's given to us, which is found at the end of every gospel and the first chapter of the book of Acts, to go out into all the world and make disciples of all the Pantata ethne, all the peoples of the earth. And I have been discovering lately that the way to get that done is through fulfillment of the great commandment, which is to love God with all heart, soul, mind, and strength. And what? Love your neighbor as yourself. And through the loving of others, genuine compassion, the opportunity does come eventually to share in words about Jesus. But it takes genuine compassion demonstrated before there's ever the privilege of the open door. That's what I'm learning. And faith without works is dead. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Amen. Let's pray for Tim for just a minute. Let's do it. Father, thank you that Tim was willing to come and share himself with us today, as well as something of his work, his life, his strong sense of your working in him and your call on his life to serve others through police work. We cannot even begin to imagine some of the things that he has seen and heard and had to be involved in Protect him, we pray. Uh, continue to create in him a humble heart. Help him to depend upon you day to day and to look up to you as the author of life and hope and love. And Lord, as we've just heard, may it be so that our faith may be demonstrated in our lives and in the work of our hands. We ask you to bless us together, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this Acadia Divinity College Chapel podcast. You can follow us on social media. Discover more on our website at acadiadiv.ca or join us for chapel on a Wednesday. <laughs>